another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I like to call Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. And before we go ahead and get kicked off today, just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping people save more time, money, and effort on their international cross-border e-commerce, whether that's paying out your suppliers, manufacturers, or distributors, you're going to be able to save more money and put it to your margin by using ping pong payments. It's free to sign up. Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to watch all past episodes as well as sign up for a free account today. Just go ahead and do that. The links are in the show notes below. Just go ahead and with your comments, uh, because this is live, go ahead and sign up later because this is an amazing podcast. You don't want to miss a single moment of that. But with that being said, welcome everyone who's watching us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, as well as Twitter. Let's not uh, leave out Twitter, even though the CEO is leaving and stepping down effective immediately. Um, with that being said, uh, we are going to have a great episode for you today. So if you are um, kind of coming off of that turkey high or that, uh, that Thanksgiving high, or if you're around the world and you're just celebrating the beginning of Hanukkah or whatever celebration you're starting with, we appreciate you spending some time in my corner of the internet. That being said, uh, what, what's what's it been like for your holiday season thus far if you're an Amazon and e-commerce seller? That's what we like to talk about um, with Amazon and e-commerce experts on this podcast. And we'll be talking about the, the future of that. And we actually dictated the beginning of this episode and the title of what it's called, Keys to Winning Among the Next Generation of Digitally Native Marketplace Brands. So if you are a marketplace brand, you're selling on the likes of Amazon, you're on D2C website, how are things going so far? Just let us know in the comment section. Um, we would love to know and, and see what kind of struggles. Was it as expected? Was it lower than expected? Higher? Um, just about the same on par? There's lots of bit different things we'd love to hear from you, the audience member, if you are listening today live. Uh, that being said, our episode, we have an action-packed week. Um, we don't slow down here on Crossover Commerce. And as the end of the year kind of uh, starts to wrap up, we want to make sure that we are talking about all things applicable to brands, but... A lot of our past episodes have talked about the future. What is 2022 like? How do you start to plan for that as we wrap up this year? Um, 2021 was unexpected, just like 2020. Learnings from the past previous and past year and previous successes. How do we continue to grow and build momentum on that? So again, today we're going to be talking about what's that next wave of next generation of native marketplace brands. And that's starting on the likes of an Amazon or D2C platform. So I brought on the likes of uh, a powerhouse man, if you will. Um, his name is uh, Paul Palmieri of Tradeswell. He's the co-founder. Uh, he's the CEO of Tradeswell, and he's going to be talking to us about those keys and uh, keys to um, building a digitally native brand. So without further ado, want to go ahead and bring on Paul of Tradeswell. Paul, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. Hey, it's it's a pleasure, Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of what you do, and uh, it, it's exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I, again, I just want to publicly apologize. Again, we had we had scheduled this for next week as well as today, so we we were we were in the pickle of which one we were gonna be on. So that that's my uh, misunderstanding. But I'm so glad we were able to make this work and um, you to hop on today. So that being said, how was the I'm gonna say holiday weekend? Because even though this is a global podcast, how was your holiday weekend for the e-commerce world in the likes of Paul, uh, either personally and professionally? How are things? Well, personally and, and professionally, I would say, you know, Thanksgiving is a big weekend uh, for so many reasons, obviously, 
getting together with family. But uh, in the e-commerce space, it's uh, it's a tremendous weekend. Um, there's a tremendous percentage of e-commerce uh, sales that happen in the fourth quarter of the year, and you know, really uh, things kicked kicked off in a very big way uh, for many of our brand partners and uh, and our selling partners. So we're we're incredibly excited to see what's happening through the platform. And it seems to be a pretty robust uh, time. So you have uh, clients, correct me if I'm wrong, do you have clients selling on direct-to-consumer? Like where, where's the main focus? Like what's your story about Tradeswell and uh, kind of give us a background on how you got to where we are today, if you will. Yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of our story. Um, so uh, we uh, had built another company called Millennial Media in the mobile advertising space, really trying to uh, get ad revenue to developers very early on. And the core belief we had was that where you have uh, parties that are somewhat economically kind of sitting behind somebody else's business model or don't necessarily uh, have the ability to uh, kind of set their own destiny, that sometimes platforms, uh, in a way, uh, agnostic facilitators that can be an algorithmic friend to many of the, those parties can be a winning story. And we did that with Millennial Media, taking that from zero to a public company in uh, in just uh, just over seven years. And uh, so, you know, tremendous, uh, tremendous growth there. And with Tradeswell, what was happening was, uh, you know, I'm a venture capitalist. So I, uh, you know, for my last company, I went into the venture capital space. And we were seeing all of these brands coming out and raising money, uh, commerce brands. And uh, uh, in the early days, very much focused on D2C only. Uh, and we also noticed there were some brands that were focused in the Amazon world only. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they came from very different places. And uh, uh, I began to collaborate with uh, my other co-founders here at Tradeswell um, about bringing a system together that could help them get some more economic power themselves by utilizing data and AI and insights to be able to have a deeper and deeper understanding of what was going on in their business and to really have this understanding uh, flow across selling and retailing, but also across marketing and across finance and to really understand how all of that sort of played together. So that's the core idea behind uh, uh, Tradeswell is that we're an operating system for real-time commerce. Um, the decisions that have to be made on assortment and marketing and uh, finance are, are really not monthly or quarterly decisions anymore. They are uh, sort of in the moment uh, type decisions. So, you know, essentially what, what, what we do is we're a data platform and a system of intelligence that brings together um, uh, the data and insights so that e-commerce brands can stay competitive, become more profitable, and know what actions to take uh, for them to grow. So a holistic look at where a brand could potentially grow, but also what you're doing, what your competitors are doing, and letting data tell that story. Is that a pretty simplistic way of putting it? Yeah, that's right. I would say, you know, we're sort of automating a lot of e-commerce operations and insight generation and, um, you know, really doing that uh, 
from the perspective of one, taking all of this disparate data from these disparate platforms and normalizing them. Uh, you know, there's an ASIN on Amazon, there's a SKU somewhere else, there's a UPC somewhere else, there's an item ID uh, somewhere else. And uh, um, then you overlay um, a little bit of what, what we've been building, which is like a, which is a product graph, if you will, which is overlaying what keywords am I bidding on? What, um, uh, you know, what does my assortment look like, not only on one channel, but cross channel? And what is the hierarchy of that assortment from a brand's perspective, from a product category perspective, et cetera, et cetera. And again, just takes this complex bit of a mess and brings clarity and calm to the situation and provides almost like a single source of truth so that uh, your head of marketing isn't showing up to the same meeting uh, as the head of finance with two different, two completely different sets of data and two completely different perspectives on uh, on what's really happening out there. Right. Well, and, and that's where I think uh, where this kind of fits into the ecosystem, right, is in 2020, there's this glaring uh, disproportionate look at how people were selling on Amazon in terms of as a brand, if they were only on Amazon in the beginning of 2020, when lots of things shut down, there was a lot, uh, Amazon said, we only need, for example, if you're a brand on Amazon and say, we only want um, just uh, like, for example, like baby diapers or anything like that, we need necessity items. We won't take your fidget spinner or your, your toys or anything like that. You can't give that into our warehouse. We need to make sure that this is going to be accessible for people. And that shook a lot of people that you couldn't even get inventory into a warehouse that they're fulfilling through Amazon, which shed a light on the fact of if I'm not omnichannel, I'm not am I truly a brand? And am I am I protected in the nature that if something like a marketplace like Amazon happens to shut me down, whether it be for uh, inventory issues or just uh, issues of my listing or someone hijacks me and something of that nature. But uh, then I can still operate as a brand on these other channels. A lot of people took a moment and said, you know what, I need to start being becoming this well-established across the board instead of depending on one source as well. So that's why I think that interweaving the data and making sure that people can connect these is super important for brands to grow, not just on their most popular platform, but beyond. And that's where I think the future will grow for lots of different companies. Is that is that what you're, you and your team are seeing as well? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing that as well. And I think, you know, the age-old uh, age uh, challenge of being, um, you know, even in brick and mortar, being in more retailers is just better. Um, even if there's one that's somewhat dominant, you know, you, you kind of look at it not as the, the great giver and the great taker away, but rather, you know, sort of a, a great enabler. So we see Amazon as a great enabler, um, but we see other channels as having great promise uh, as well. And whether that's consumers who are in much more of a verticalized or niche, uh, you know, sort of an area looking for specific, uh, specific assortments or specific expertise, or, um, or whether you're, um, you know, whether there are emerging channels um, that are, you know, can be incredibly exciting that are much more marketing oriented, uh, like the socials, uh, for instance. So 
you know, I think, yeah, so I think we, we definitely are seeing that and we, we definitely have been seeing um, a difference in, um, you know, how, how brands are looking at going to market from an e-commerce perspective. Gosh, it wasn't more than three years ago that you could, uh, you could, that what was cool was to be the uh, one woolen shoe company, one eyeglass company, or two mattress companies that did it all via direct to consumer, and marketplaces weren't at all in the picture. And so you you look at you fast forward to today, you've had, uh, for instance, uh, you know, ten or twelve billion dollars that's gone into funding aggregators of uh, FBA sellers uh, and brands. And uh, you know you can quite you can see quite clearly the impact that a digitally digital first marketplace brand multi-channel strategy really really has out there. So uh, incredible Absolutely. validation of that for sure. You are you are speaking my uh, my language, and I think that's what a lot of people. So when they enter the space too, and I'm I'm curious on your thoughts too. That that kind of goes hand in hand of. Uh, you saw lots of money again, over twelve billion dollars, especially for digitally native brands. Again, a lot of people were focusing on just the Amazon um, genesis of it, um, but now you're starting to see that kind of uh, go across the board. Of maybe if it's on off of Amazon, how do I get it on Amazon or vice versa? And to kind of have the omni-channel approach of you said lots of different brands that built up this establishment. Like, what what do they actually? Know? A brand is something that is known for it's either its name, its product, or how it makes you feel, right? Um, the very basics of it. A lot of people said, if I look at this this widget that I'm selling on Amazon, um, will I know that by its name? And that's not always necessarily true, but you see the likes that Anchor or uh, uh, Zesty Paws or things like that where they, where they start and then they start to go into their own direct-to-consumer approach and then into retail. Those are the ones where you start to think, oh, I, I get it now. A brand is something that has all these different avenues as well. So is there is there a way that you, you've seen that more, more brands be successful or does it just truly depend on the product, the service, whatever you might be offering? Does it just honestly just depend on what you want to put your full focus on and then start to build those additional channels? What, are, what do you see in your history and your expertise that's not the right way to do it, but where a lot of people are successful? Well, I think, you know, I think for, first off, um, it's important to be successful. And um, many brands feel like they should do sort of one at a time. And so, you know, go into a channel, whether it's starting on D2C or whether it's starting on Amazon. Um, and you often have, you know, the world is somewhat bifurcated into those two starting points. And I would say that there are some pretty traditional patterns that happen in each of those areas. Um, but I think, you know, whether you're on Amazon and you're trying another marketplace and you are, you know, getting involved with Walmart, that's been making incredible strides uh, over the past, uh, over the past 12 months. And, um, you know, even more specifically over the last six months, um, uh, you really have to go then one further and be successful and then add the next and add the next and add the next from a from the consumer direct side i think um you know your your choices are all about how do you scale right. so um uh oftentimes we see brands that begin in amazon 
they're very sure how to sell. They're very sure about return on ad spend, um, which is, you know, uh, looking at their ad spend and looking at the top line sales and don't necessarily have as much awareness of what the bottom line net margins look like. And then if you go the opposite side, which is enter from consumer direct first, we often see an extreme level of information that's handled on a day-to-day basis about profitability, but yet don't necessarily know how to scale uh, uh, brands, not necessarily knowing how to scale through marketplaces and how to really sort of think through that. And so that's one of the things that bringing your data together, uh, owning that data and intelligence by putting it uh, into and through a platform like Tradeswell, it's going to give you actionable insights to help you scale, to help you uh, be more profitable, um, and to help you just in general navigate the overall situation. But we we had a lot of questions about you know, what are e-commerce executives doing that's a little bit different today? How are thing, how have things changed uh, over the past few years? And so we set out to do some research and we've, we've published a, a bit of it and we'll share the link uh, here um, in a report uh, called The Future of Empowered Commerce. We went out and um, uh, surveyed uh, 300 e-commerce decision makers. Um, all of them full-time, either in the uh, either CPG or non-CPG, big companies, small companies, Amazon first, direct-to-consumer first. Um, and we brought a bunch of that data together uh, in a bit of a report. But, you know, reality of the situation is um, e-commerce is becoming more complex. Nearly six in 10 e-commerce professionals say e-commerce is getting more complex. 95% of those we surveyed says uh, say that um, now they're selling in two or more online marketplaces. So it's a huge, huge change from uh, just uh, a, a few short years ago. And uh, we also see e-commerce brands ramping up their internal teams. So a lot of uh, a lot of managing e-commerce has been done through agencies uh, over you know over the last five or seven years or so, and you see more and more desire to bring some of these things in house, uh, at least the expertise and the knowledge around the data and some of the insights around the business. All right, and to everyone that uh, is listening or watching as well, we uh, referenced Paul, and you can get access to that special report at the tradeswell.com slash empowered dash e-commerce as well and you just sign up and, and it's a free download to to be able to look through it also those are de- those are definitely actionable insights and the things i initially hear from those findings that you said paul is it's harder like it's not as easy anymore as finding a product throwing it onto a marketplace like an amazon it's overcoming barriers there's a lot more complexity in terms of the finance that you have to put on uh put through to advertise um, Amazon recently updated for the first time in a very long time its own uh, terms uh, terms of uh, service um, in the seller uh, in the seller dashboard of how to drive traffic and how to reward those people and specifically calling out rebates um, 
in the likes of search find buys and uh, a lot of track tactics as well. So it's becoming harder and more narrow, harder and more narrow focus in terms of what Amazon sees as the right way to sell. Um, again, everything is on is up to for interpretation. But if you want to play ball, you have to adapt and grow. So for you, seeing all these changes and kind of the the, the narrowing of these kind of alleys. Does it make you think second guess yourself for brands when they're saying, I want to, to launch on either D2C or Amazon? Does that make you tend to go more one way or another? Or again, does it just depend on in those notions? Is it going back to, it, honestly, it, it's hard to tell uh, or just do both and kind of like grow them together? I mean, I think our, certainly our advice is, is to start with both. And, you know, it's multiple opportunities to sort of get after it. Um, I think in both situations, you have to be very aware of who your competition is. You have to be very aware um, of understanding price and promotion. And you do have to become a bit of an expert in taking advantage of things like subscribe and save, taking advantage of uh, opportunities to create lock-in with consumers uh, so that it's not just, you know, the first and last product purchase that, uh, that a consumer has, you know, as an experience with your brand. So um, there's a lot that has to be remembered, but, you know, for us, our advice is you really ought to be, there, there should be a direct-to-consumer component of your strategy, and there should be a marketplace component uh, to your strategy as well. Right. Well, I, uh, for you guys too, there, there's so many different platforms to choose from too. Like if, if you're going to direct to consumer route, there's big commerce there. Um, there's Shopify, there's all these different platforms on which to build and kind of stay with as well. Um, you can even sell socially through uh, social commerce. You, uh, there, there's lots of, when you're talking about this pre-show there, there's just so many different ways to get your product in front of people. How do you how do you come about choosing or directing brands to choose which platform that's going to best suit them? Is it simply going through uh, benefits or uh, key components of what you're coming out? Like what what what's that natural progression like with you in that conversation? I mean, you know, in a way, it's really um, we're there to support the brand. So whatever it is that they choose, um, you know, we're we're there to support them. Um, I would say. Um, there are some dynamics across the various uh, direct-to-consumer platforms um, that have bearing on uh, price flexibility, price regionality, and things along those lines that sometimes come into play. Um, whereas, uh, you know, things that are much more simple uh, in terms of a sale, um, you know, you might favor one platform over the other. But the reality is, um, whatever whatever our brand is using or wants to use, our goal is to get that data in, generate real insight and real instructions on what to do in time for it to matter. So in that capacity, <clears throat> sorry, I'm taking a little time to, to think through this natural next step. So to, in that capacity, is there, have you ever been approached and thought that's, because a lot of people like to have opinionated things and they, they, they go down the routes of that's just a wrong way to build a business. Have you had to, as a consultant company, 
um, and they they push you down this path of you know for a fact it's not going to work out, and you're advising to 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 either depart or go down a different road. What's a conversation like to have with an entrepreneur on a day to day basis when you know it's not going to lead to the results that they want, or you show them the data and they're like, I don't believe that. How do you have a conversation with people or a customer or just uh, a friend when they choose not to believe in just numbers in front of them and they choose to continue down that path? I would say, hey, for example, if I'm going to grow 5% here, you have to move platforms or you have to uh, work on your logistics uh, area here, or you have to change the, the, with your platform is so robust, right? And to point to so many different things, if they're like, I don't trust that, or I don't think that's right. What, what, what's that conversation like if someone chooses not to believe in like a number that you and your team are presenting to them or the technology itself is pointing to that you just know it might not work? Yeah, I would say, you know, I had a, I had a funny conversation with, uh, with somebody uh, the other day that said, uh, uh, you know, I'm not really convinced on e-commerce. I sell a back pain medication. And when someone's back hurts, they don't really need an answer in two days. Right. And so prime right. does them no good. And so, um, it was an interesting thing. This is one of those things where it's an opinion, but not necessarily backed up, uh, by the data, you know, for us, uh, you know, we're really there to help them be, uh, bring their data together and generate insight, whether they take or action those insights, it's entire, it's entirely up to them. So, you know, we're a software platform and we're a software platform that is purposefully taking the human element out of it and purposefully, you know, utilizing artificial intelligence to be able to generate insight. Um, and from there, um, they've got to, they've got to make a choice and, uh, uh, you know, see, you know, what it is that they should do now. The good news is they're able to take make those choices where they're seeing everything in one place. So they're not just seeing their Amazon data. They're not just seeing their 1P data or they're, they're seeing their 1P and 3P. They're seeing their D to C and they're seeing it all, you know, sort of together uh, so they can compare and see what's working where. What about, um, so in that regards, because e-commerce is kind of, all over the place. I, a lot of your, your company is so fascinating too, because it can talk about just products itself and like the opportunity for products. So then can talk about marketing and how to get in front of that potential customer. Um, because we're talking about the keys to, for, for digital brands to be successful. A lot of the conversation kind of stems around how to best get your product quickly and effectively and for it to be available. And by that, I mean, in the logistics and supply chain, I'm curious to hear your thoughts too, for people who are struggling and I've heard over, especially this time of year over this weekend of comments of my brand, even though it's big enough, we're going to have to absorb a six figure loss just because inventory is on the water. Um, nothing we can control. It's just, it, it's not unloaded or anything like that. How, what, about, what, what with Tradeswell is helping people become more successful in that regards of making sure that the goods itself, the basic necessity of my goods are available for you to consume it and to purchase it. That that seems like a basics that should start from the uh, the the key building blocks. How are you guys helping overcome those those 
major hurdles that people have seen in 2021 and hopefully moving forward, not encounter those? Yeah. So what I would say is primarily um, it's the component of us that is the in time for it to matter piece. So we can't, um, you know, we can't change product that's on the water. Right. Um, we can't, you can't uh, make people move quicker. You know, we, we can't necessarily make things move quicker, but we can uh, provide speed to insights and speed to knowing uh, what's going on. And so um, that's the area where we, where we focus is being that system of intelligence um, that's giving you intelligence in the time window that really matters for you. Right. And using data, I can only imagine that it helps you quickly as a, as, as robust as AI and to continuously learn and see how things evolve, you're going to have to not go on models that are just traditional, right? You, you can't just do just in time manufacturing and distribution anymore. You have to actually with lead times constantly changing, you have to understand of, am I ordering now for the summer of 2022 or am I ordering for fall or spring? It, it's going to be fluctuating depending on where you're sourcing from how quickly things are turning around and just the unforeseen things. So how do you, how do you take those data points and help people draw those conclusions? Is it one of the more frustrating things that you and your team have to help people overcome or what's, yeah, <laughs> is this yeah, the headache I mean, portion of your business no. right now? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a, it, first of all, it's a great business. So, and e-commerce is, is growing. So it's a happy, wonderful place to be actually, you know, as, as, uh, as all over the places, the data can be, uh, bringing some, um, you know, some uh, calm to the chaos uh, is a very, very rewarding thing. But, you know, to exactly your question, um, you know, over the last year or so, um, you know, how do you, how, how did our forecasting models change over this past year when we're showing, uh, uh, showing forecasting in a system uh, around demand? Just because you have out of stock, I mean, some forecasting models are so based on uh, historical sales that they, you know, just because something's out of stock doesn't mean there's no demand for it. And 2021 is the year that that became clearer and clearer and clearer to anyone who's looking at forecasting. And so uh, the piece of our system um, around forecasting um, I think we, we have evolved over the past, uh, six to nine months and, uh, you know, to really, uh, anticipate the anomalies like are happening today. With that being said, is there, and again, I, I call it a, I, this is the moment of growing pains, right? We have e-commerce going through its, uh, I'll be young phase. We're still going through those teenage growing pains of. It's growing so quickly, like we almost have to switch out our clothes more often than what we want, um, frustrating as it might be, but it means that at the end of the day, there's just so much opportunity. Do you see, is, it, is this an opportunity, like you paint the picture of, is this an opportunity for innovation and growth, or if people can kind of weather the storm and kind of figure out how to work with it instead of trying to go against it, is that is that more of the picture well, I, that it's easier to paint? Yeah. So I think... You know, um, first of all, this past year has provided an opportunity. You got all kinds of things in this past year. The tough comp uh, in certain categories from last year when you had all of this sort of like stocking up in the pandemic. 
the uh, you know the supply chain uh, crisis. Uh, so there's a lot uh, that drove companies to reevaluate their technology stacks, and so we see we see a lot of that. See a lot of uh, companies having having taken the opportunity to reevaluate how they measure what they should be doing. So um, uh, in this uh, in this study we did, 85% of these e-commerce uh, uh, decision makers uh, are saying that automatically measuring the impact and effectiveness of channels uh, in near real time is super important to them now. Um, there is a theme around profitability. I think you've seen more um, than you than you've seen in years past. So, in not just growth at all costs uh, or growth at any price, but rather growth with profitability. And an eye on that profitability is a theme that we continue to see. And uh, if people download the research, you'll you'll see that uh, come out pretty strongly. Yeah, and I just did, and. Uh... I have it on my docket uh, to read a little bit more even after this. I super easy to download too. And I'm just going to tell for people, if you haven't clicked on the link and just put in, again, just your name and email, just for information to, to look through the data insights. I think constantly reading and updating, this is the industry that I'm always learning. I'm, I'm sure you're the same, Paul. Is there Has there been something that's fascinated you the most in terms of either growth or data in terms of unexpectedness of... We all knew e-commerce was going to grow. Was is there a specific nature of which brands are growing or be more successful than you might have thought? Again, even as recently as a year or two ago, is there what's the most surprising nature right now for you? I mean, I, I think the thing over the past year or two, I would say, is you know, if you look beyond two years ago, you looked at things that were novelty, uh, had a novelty factor, as things that had a good opportunity in e-commerce, things that changed the way that a consumer uh, did something or another with a, that's born out in a product, um, um, a new uh, kind of mattress, a new, uh, a new way to buy eyeglasses, a new, you know, uh, something new. I think the big surprise over the last several years again, driven by the pandemic, is that the growth of e-commerce is really being driven by shelf-stable grocery and uh, health and beauty and several other categories. Furniture is another one um, that, uh, you know, that are real leaders in terms of category growth, which, you know, you looked a few years ago and it was more about um, incremental, incremental utility uh, of products and how product disruption was happening. The thing that's very interesting today and in looking at the past two years is, um, you know, it's ketchup and, uh, right. And, and, right. and not a new kind of ketchup. It's ketchup, which is, which is, uh, <laughs> which is very interesting. Well, it's and going back to our first main main point of like how how are brands growing right now? It, it's just the the nature of which we've become dependent. I say we like almost every person this is touched in one way, shape, or form. Business owners, 
are finding ways to, again, just if they were, weren't already, they're finding ways to take their business online to be operational um, in, in just the capacity of what you can't go through a store and, and just touch and feel things as much as you could in the past or maybe want to in the past. They'll be it you can for lots of places. This is just a place for you to kind of open your eyes and see there's much more opportunity out there. And it's almost like a, a shake up and breaking down almost this, these, these walls that we've had across our, our eyes and these, this narrow line focus. So you got to crack it open a little bit more. So you see the sunshine crack through and say, I, maybe I can operate in Canada or add this product could be great in uh, Germany, for example, on an international perspective, has there been more of uh, more of a cross border nature of which you've kind of seen of, Hey, my product is not just relevant to just locally in my community, but it's actually applicable to communities across the world. What, what's been that conversation like with uh, your team and your, your clients as well? I mean, definitely international is a big focus. And, and um, I would say the larger, the larger the company, um, the more focused they are on the incremental growth that can be had in various uh, markets uh, throughout the world. So, uh, you know, you look at, you know, traditional CPG businesses and you see, uh, you know, where are they looking for growth? They're not looking necessarily uh, always for growth in the US. They're looking for where can I have the biggest incremental opportunity? But I would also say digital first marketplace brands um, are also seeing this opportunity too. So. Um, um, we just see it all over, um, that international, uh, is a great opportunity. So kind of wrapping up in our time that we have together, is there, what, what, what are you really focused on for the, not just your many of year, but what you and your team are going to be really focused on to make, to come to light in 2022? What's that mean? We have to get this done this next year, because this is where the future of e-commerce is going. This is where native brands that are starting online, they're going to need our help and support with this. What is that thing that you guys are really focused on to bring in life? Yep. So I think, you know, the thing for us, it always starts with data chaos, getting to data clarity. And that's a pretty, uh, that is a pretty big process on the back end. We make it easy for our clients, but on the back end, it's pulling in more and more channels and more and more marketing channels and more and more uh, information around logistics, et cetera, et cetera, so that that, uh, that data can be surfaced, normalized, enhanced. And then of course, uh, you know, you add the AI on top of that, that's driving the insight generation and sort of the uh, control instructions. Uh, to the end user. So, you know, for us, what we're focused on in 2022 is making sure that our clients are data ready, uh, that their e-commerce data is ready for a world uh, where things are very multi-channel and happening very, very fast, where assortment is changing faster, marketing is changing faster, uh, and an understanding of what's happening um, on the logistics side of the world is all happening faster and faster. Right. We are the speedboats and not the uh, freighters in this capacity of you have to change with the different waves and you have to be able to pivot at a moment's notice and 
<laughs> it's it's easy as an entrepreneur online it may not be for a top 100 um you know company to to be able to move that quickly but that's kind of the the pro as being a online entrepreneur as well so that being said paul i know we talked about so many different things and i know you're you're a busy man too so where are the ways are the ways that people can get in touch with you um or your team or your company and yeah. then also one more time that we can highlight that link that we were talking about the for empowered e-commerce report that you guys put out sure so the best way to get in touch with us is to go to tradeswell.com and uh you know click to get in touch with us and uh we'll we'll get back to you very quickly we're um um we're a team that uh that likes to move fast and and uh we will follow up for sure um for the uh research report it's tradeswell.com slash empowered dash e-commerce and uh uh so hopefully you'll appreciate that report but also um what i'll say is uh, we have just from this research we did there are other storylines um that we'll be publishing in uh q1 uh around a little bit of hey big versus small how are things shaping up and cpg versus non-cpg and there's also another um there's also another uh storyline around more junior employees at a, who are running e-commerce uh at their company versus more senior employees and you know one's more focused on supply one's more focused on demand and right. one's more focused on incredibly tactical campaign management and things like that and another is really focused more on profitability and how all of, all of that works so we're excited to also put that out and uh, we'd love to come back and uh and share that with you, uh, Ryan, be when, great. when that time comes. Yeah, absolutely. Put me on the docket for early 2022 and I can thumb through it too. I, I have some heavy, I have a lot of reports I've been reading, like from the acquisition, the the capital in, uh, that's putting put into this marketplace, uh, marketplaces and brands in general to, to your report. There, there's lots of reports that thumb through, but they're all good. They, it's actionable. They're snapshots of where things are in the, and it paints a really nice picture. So. This is really cool and actionable insight to come off uh, almost like a, a five, I say five, four day weekend of just like relaxing. I need to start getting my data uh, ready for myself in early 2022. So, but Paul, thank you so much again. I, I uh, apologize again publicly on this uh, for getting our dates kind of double booked. Don't worry. Super important that we got uh, you on here to, to kind of go through these data points and really excited again. We already um connected over the book that you have in your background of grip by angela duckworth so lots of great things that on a monday not so bad i would think uh coming off of uh, a turkey weekend and, and it being today a crazy day i guess my final thought today is there anything that you're hankering to buy uh on the cyber monday you have to you have to let our audience know if there's something that you're going to press buy on today i've already done it i've already done it today so i'm already scared <laughs> well having had the kind of sous vide experience of last year uh uh and not using that as as often as i would like uh i think we're looking at uh the more practical item of uh of an air fryer so there you go i like there that you go. we had a home computer that was purchased today so uh as much as we like to do um as many as are, are out there <laughs> it was just one of those do we do we pull the trigger and today is the day we did it so uh, air fryer, I love it. Um, practicality makes sense to me. So 
Very cool. Well, thank you so much, sir, for hopping on. And it was a pleasure to get to know you. And now friend of the show on Crossover Commerce. Thank you so much, uh, Paul Atre as well, for hopping on today. All right. Thank you so much. No problem. And thank you, everyone else, for hopping on another episode of Crossover Commerce. This is episode 187, I believe. We have an action-packed lineup this week. Again, every day we're going to be going live with some of the best and brightest in the Amazon e-commerce space. Today was no exception. Thank you so much, uh, Paul, with uh, Treeswell. If you have questions, go ahead and check out the links below. We've already linked out to all their different social sites, but also connect with Paul and his team over at Tradeswell. Check them out. There's lots of different insights and availability. If you're starting to grow your brand online, you just need to kind of consolidate that data, those data points to help you build actionable insights to look at where profitability might happen or where there might be a glaring issue in your company. Check it out. It's uh, very actionable information that they're providing, but then also the technology that they are building really cool if you're digitally native brand. I'm Ron Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys tomorrow on another episode of Crossover Commerce. We'll uh, catch you guys next time. Take care.